Hey, Max. What's up, Sammy? How are you? Good. Good. Just getting my notes set. Yeah? Yeah. How are you? This is the show. That's okay. You ready to go fishing? What's that mean? Going fishing for some audio gold. Oh, wow. Did you have that written down? No. It's in my head. (laughs) Yeah, let's go fishing. Did you ever... You ever actually like fishing? I enjoy. I enjoyed fishing back in the day, when we were want to go fishing. Although it's been a long time since I have gone fishing. You you don't still have the want to go fishing? Hmm. You know, that's a good question. I think it's a matter of not having the the wherewithal and the equipment and the location to easily go fishing. Yeah, <clears throat> I think. I think if I think, you put me in a situation with a fishing pole and a and a body of water, yeah, I'll go fishing. Well, yeah, because what was the other choice? <laughs> you sit there, you hold that pole. Well, actually, <laughs> let's be honest. If the other choice is like just like reading or doing anything else, I might I might choose that. But I like to think of myself as someone who would go fishing. Okay, I have me. gone fishing in the past. Well, you caught the famous the famous carp, right? I did. Did I? <laughs> I thought you caught Charlie. Charlie I caught Charlie. I may have caught Charlie. I almost caught a gar. Where were you at when you were in Kentucky on the boat? Oh, really? Yeah, I was. Oh. We were just fishing for bluegill, but I a gar bought, uh, bit my cricket, and I started to pull it out of the water. But gars are quite large. But I got it mm-hmm. enough pulled in that we could tell what it was, and it would have been epic if I had actually caught it. But then my line broke. I was say Grandpa cut your line or something. No, I think... the gar cut my line. They do have some wicked teeth. I didn't realize there were gar in that lake, but oh yeah, maybe I just never saw them. Maybe that was back before my time. May have been, you know, back as we have already established the glory. The years. gold. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, how you been, man? Good. What is hey, what is what is this show, and which one are you? Hi, oh, right, uh, I'm is Fields of Work. Uh, I'm Max. I'll let you explain the show this time. Okay. I explained it last time. I'm Sam, and I am the older brother. And Max is the baby brother, just the mm-hmm. little tiny baby. And this show, this is a show where we we shuck and we jive, we bullshit, um, and then eventually we talk maybe about uh, our work because I am a consultant guy and Max is a farmer, and that's very different from each other. So we explore the differences and the similarities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All right, well, let's pretty, do that. Pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. All right, cool. Uh, what'd you do this week? Wait, I can't ask that question because we're recording early. What'd you and do so far early in this week? I've worked one. I had yesterday off too. I took yesterday off for uh, Labor Day and okay. travel. Fine. What'd um, you do today then? Today, I well, Give it to I me actually in intimate I, detail. Well, I won't do that. But we, I redrove. I was doing a delivery today, <gasps> so I I did the drive again. Yeah. Um, did you cause any more traffic problems? Any more accidents? I didn't. I. uh I took extreme caution with. I know I used bungee cords this time, as as was suggested to me uh, last time I recorded. <laughs> and yeah, no, everything everything went totally fine. Um, honestly, nothing exciting happened on that drive. I listened to some NPR. Um, wow, got, got cultured. Um, have you heard of this thing called Brexit, Sam? They're talking about Brexit. I heard a lot. of this thing called Brexit. <laughs> Isn't that a type of breakfast food? It is. Yep. And um, other than that, what do we? We're it's pretty much the time of year here where we almost can't plant anything in the field anymore in terms of crops um, that are going to 
Yeah. Uh, in terms of like direct seeding or transplanting new stuff, unless it's being grown in an indoor space, mm-hmm. um, which we have pretty limited here. So we did put in, um, so basically we're turning over beds, which is basically pulling them, whatever was left in them, or maybe they're beds that we've harvested everything out of. And the choices are either what we've been doing, because we still have enough time, um, was planting radishes and turnips and salad greens. Those should mature unless we get a crazy early frost. Um, otherwise, a bed gets turned into a cover crop bed, which is essentially you plant some mixture of usually like grains and different things that serve a variety of purposes, but essentially they're going to grow and cover the soil through the winter. So you don't want bare soil because high winds blow because away wind, soil. Because the soil gets cold? Yeah, yep, it does. <laughs> and uh, a cold soil is less productive because yep. it remembers. In the summer, mm-hmm. it'll remember what you did to it in the winter. Yep. Um, soil never forgets. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what we it actually for is, so yeah, hold it, it holds the soil down by just physically covering it. It Depending on what you plant, you are providing nutrients. So we've been planting oat and pea mixture. I mean, how are um, you like, providing nutrients by planting something? Don't they take the nutrients out of the ground to grow? Not, well, not if it's in a certain family of crops. So things that are in the legume family, like peas and beans, um, fix nitrogen in the soil. Um, you'll see if you pull up like a, a bean plant or a pea plant, these little white nodules, they're all over the roots. Those are nitrogen fixers, and essentially mm-hmm. they're taking nitrogen um, that's in the soil and sometimes through the air and using those nodules basically turn it into a type of nitrogen that can be used by plants so they're super beneficial to your soil especially if you're going to plant a high nitrogen crop Um, nitrogen translates to vegetative growth so if you know you're going to plant something that's going to be really heavy on nitrogen like broccoli and things like that where you get this giant green plant um, it's it's sucking all the nitrogen out of the soil you want to plant something like that to kind of fix and um, provide energy back to the soil and the other thing you can do with a cover crop and what we usually do is it'll die over the winter and then actually that organic matter will go back into the soil um so it's a way to you know do a bunch of different stuff but protect the soil and it keeps weeds down too because you know weeds can't get a chance to grow because the cover crop should be thick enough why do you care Um, if the weeds are growing if you're not growing anything there for real because you basically you're constantly fighting weeds are going to grow no matter what um but if you can minimize where they're growing, you might you, you just because our plants can't grow in the winter or don't do great in the winter, there are weed varieties that will go later into the winter and can still produce seed heads and drop seed. Or if it's a perennial weed, which is usually there's something under the soil it's growing from, like a rootstock, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't even give it the opportunity to grow by keeping it the soil um, covered with cover crop, basically. All right. So. That's what we've been doing. We're starting to plant beds and cover crop as many as we can because just like crops, if they're like a normal crop, there will be, we'll run out of a, a time period to be able to plant those. Um, gotcha. So that's what we did today. And we're starting to pick uh, our winter squash as well. Nice. So, yeah. It was, a, it was a busy day for just being my first day back. Yeah. How did you, do you remember how to do things after you had several days off? It honestly people, felt- people have to teach you again. Yeah, it honestly did feel like a really – it's weird about taking two days off of work for me Friday and Monday. Um, you just feel like out of touch with what's going on the farm. And especially a farm this size, like things do quickly change what we're harvesting. Um, and it does. It felt like I, I missed a lot of important things. But no, it's all the same here still for the most part. Um, right. Except for like our, our hot weather crops are really starting to slow down because it feels like fall is coming quickly here. So, hmm. um, Which I'm okay with. 
Nice. How about you? How was, how was your one day back? My one day back, back has been no, just one day back so far. Oh. It was good. Went to, went down to the client's office. Uh, had a had a couple of meetings. Facilitated an action meeting. Came home. Uh, met up with my colleague on the computer. We had a meeting about some stuff, and then I was working on emails and some other administrative stuff until it was time to record. So pretty nice. productive day. Just busy, man. Yeah, not so bad. What did you, uh, you do this weekend then? Because you, you, you traveled, right? I did. I did travel this weekend, as did you. So we should both get, get into that. So Labor Day weekend, uh, Emily and I drove from our apartment in Washington, D.C., and we drove to Long Island, New York on Friday for a wedding. Uh-huh. That was the big island. The big island, I think they call that. That's not what they call it. <laughs> they do not call it the big island. Uh, nice try, though. And it was fine. I, I woefully underestimated how long it was going to take us to drive there. Thought yeah, it was so going to be like five. It was more like seven because driving through Manhattan is not fun. I was going to ask. So you drove through Manhattan? Well, so on the way there. We basically stayed on the highway through Manhattan. There's something called the Cross Bronx Expressway that we took to go across the top part of Manhattan and then down into Queens and then into Long Island. On the way home, though, uh, we met Emily's cousin for brunch and just where we were in Queens made it uh, the, the GPS said the easiest thing for us to do would be actually drive through Manhattan on the surface streets and then take the Lincoln Tunnel across. So that was is what it I the did. easiest thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it wasn't that easy. It was kind of a pain in the butt. I had never actually driven in Manhattan before, like on the surface streets. And we literally drove almost right by Times Square. Uh, so I feel like I've earned some some new some new merit badges when it comes to to driving, especially since I did it in a big SUV. Uh, it's not, not the type of driving I would want to do every day, but I'm glad I have, uh, the experience under my belt. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I would, I, that's my nightmare. I would want no part of that. <laughs> I only got honked at like three times. I almost, uh, that was about it. It was actually relatively low key. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. No pedestrian incidents didn't hit anybody? No, no pedestrian inc- incidents. Cause you've been on both sides of that. You've been the guy that walks in front of cars and, and. New York. I I wouldn't say I walk in front of cars. I think I am a very wise and agile pedestrian. Okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's the word they used to describe you. (laughs) Look at that wise and agile pedestrian. So No, there's an art to being a pedestrian in New York, and I think I'm pretty good at it, I think. And I assume there's an art to driving in New York, and I probably don't have that yet. I was going to say, um, I don't think I mastered the art of walking or existing in New York when I visited because I got yelled at by a guy in the train. Oh, yeah, you got chirped on, the on subway. your first train ride. You gave us the pep talk and everything about how to not interact with crazy people and <laughs> don't engage. And then we were on the subway and a guy started yelling at me for no reason because apparently I was I, – I think, quote, unquote, I was hitting some lady in the head. Yeah, um, I but I was I standing next to our it. mother. Um and maybe I hit her that. <laughs> this guy was just standing up for Bob. It's <laughs> a random guy took it upon himself. Uh, and then you yelled at him. I that did. That was nice. Well, you know, you you know, when you live in New York, you got to do certain things. And sometimes uh, counter yelling is a thing that happens. You got to stand up for yourself. Got to own your space. You told me not to do that. Well, I'm not <laughs> going to have you do it. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> got it. That's right. Um, but yeah, my New York experience was a little, was a little stressful. Got off to a rough first... start, but I, th- I mean, the rest of it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I don't think anything else bad happened. Yeah. Um, 
no, I think my best favorite part of New York was when we were not in New York and we ate at a really good restaurant. But maybe that wasn't so much location as it was just the food was real good. Yeah, um, that was good. So what all did you guys do? And I know you were there for a wedding. So yeah, yeah. Uh, what did we do? We went to well, we went to the wedding, and then on Saturday night we went to the U.S. Open in and? in Flushing, Queens. Uh, it was really cool. I have never been to live tennis. I think we talked about it in the last episode. So we had really great seats. We saw Gael Monfi play play Dennis Shapovalov. 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 I swear to God, the announcer said his name different every single time. It sounded <laughs> like he was going Shapovalov. Anyway, probably what he was doing. It was an incredible match. Five you stayed sets, for the whole thing? Stayed for the whole thing. Three and a half nice. hours long. Five sets. Uh, the, the guy who uh, was down two break points in the fourth set and came back and forced the fifth set. Uh, two of the sets were tiebreakers. Um, it, was, it was crazy. It was crazy good. Who were you? Who were you pulling for between the two? No, I I didn't care one way or the other, and I don't think most of the fans did either. We just wanted to see good tennis, and yeah, it was like they were both hitting incredible shots. Uh, this the the, the French guy Monfi, he is like he's like a, a really charismatic guy. He hit some incredible yeah. shots, uh, a jumping slam on several occasions, uh, and he is the one who ended up winning, and it was real good. That's who, I, that's who I was pulling. I was watching. Uh, we watched for a little while, but I'm a okay. big Monfi fan. Nice. And uh, then I yeah, actually I watched him play last night as well, and he just yeah, absolutely crushed He destroyed someone. last night. Yeah, he destroyed Andahar. The, the commentator said, maybe one of my favorite things I've ever heard but I, uh, in his match yesterday, he said, at this point, they should do, the next thing they should do is flood the court and see if Monfi can walk on water. And I was like, <laughs> yep, that's exactly how he's playing. It was just yeah. so perfectly said. But that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't say that I've seen professional tennis uh, in a live setting, but I have been soaking up as much of the U.S. Open as possible. Yeah, it was really cool. I didn't realize like how big the complex was there and how big each stadium was. Like We were in the smaller of the two stadiums, and it was still really big. And then there's obviously all of the courts like along the outside and the, the big Arthur Ashe Stadium. It, it was a, it was quite the quite the event. That's sweet. Yeah, the campus seems giant. Yeah. Um, and they, I think they have the, those are the largest tennis courts I think in the world in terms okay. of capacity. So, yeah. and the New York crowd's usually pretty rowdy. Yeah, yeah, we we were pretty rowdy. It was uh, it was fun. Did you, uh, did you see any celebrities? We walked in to the stadium right behind Bobby Flay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> do you have like uh, a do that, you have a posse with him? Um, no, just, uh, what appeared to be his, his female partner. Okay. Yeah. Last night's match, uh, Nadal's match. There was Tiger so Woods. many. I mean, they kept showing yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, uh, dropping F-bombs actually on live TV. It was great. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think he, Haley and I decided he must've had money on the match because every time Nadal messed up, they cut the, they cut the tiger and he was just swearing up a storm. <laughs> Aren't they like so, legitimately friends or something? Too? I, I think they might be, okay. which would make a lot more sense, but it, yeah, probably. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, it was a good weekend, and then we uh, we drove home uh, on Sunday, and then just hung out at the pool mostly yesterday. Nice. Still feel like summer there. It does. Yeah, it's like high eighties today. Okay. Yeah. Raleigh. Raleigh was toasty. Yeah. So Ra- Raleigh. What were you doing in Raleigh, Max? Um. Yeah. No, I'm just a traveling man now. Yeah, taking pages I, out of your books. Really. Um. Wannabe. Uh, oh yeah. Well, what are you doing to be a wannabe farmer? <laughs> well, I got some plants in here. I, I water them from time to time. I talk to them. Everyone's wondering, is that cactus still alive? Yeah. 
The one yeah, that flowered? Yeah, the one that you told me, the, the, the flowering is a sign of death. It actually yeah. sprouted like a whole new like main body part, and, and it's doing very well. Thank you very much. I could have. I still think that could be linked for putting out a whole new growth like that after flowering. But anyways, I don't know anything about cactuses, well, so apparently not. <laughs> um, we were in Raleigh, um, just visiting friends. We just did a, a group Airbnb. Um, basically, wait, you're skipping pretty... the part that I'm most curious about. How was flight? <laughs> Thank you. Of course. <laughs> um, this was my first time flying out of Logan. Um, Ooh, Logan. Was... Logan's a busy place. Yeah, well, that's what we thought it was going to be. So we flew out Friday morning of a Labor Day weekend. And first off, we, there's nowhere to park your car uh, at Logan without paying. I think it would have been 150 bucks for the weekend. That makes sense. Um, which is almost – which would have been more than our flight. Yeah, <laughs> so we there's a, luckily there's a place near us where you can park your car, hop on a charter bus, and go into the city um, for real cheap. So we nice. got there crazy early. Our flight was until like 9. Um, and we got to the bus at like 5. We took a 5 Ooh. o'clock bus. Like 5.30. Yeah. Because um, we thought there'd be traffic getting into the city. So how was the bus? Bus was fine. It was actually, it was packed. A ton of people were on it. Yeah. Um, but it, is, it was nice. It's like a bathroom on the bus. And it was, you know, like a big. Did like you, you partake in the trip. bathroom bus? Or the bus? No. Yeah. Bus bathroom? Bus bathroom? No, but we can get to my exciting yeah, that's only for time. That's only for dire situations, my man. Yeah. Yeah. And one hour bus ride did not seem like no. the time or place. Um, but no, we got to the airport pretty early. And then we actually flew Frontier. Um, hmm. which does right. not do much flying across the U.S. They have very limited flights, but this was one of them. I thought they were mostly like in the West, but maybe not. They do from from here. Like we saw a bunch to um, Denver, Cleveland, yeah. okay. um, a few other things out that way. And I think their their whole well, they kept telling us to give you the spiel on the plane right now. That they just ordered 180 new planes and they're expanding like crazy. Wow! And so maybe they're an up and coming. <laughs> you know, were were they doing that airlines. to to basically? You know, like take your attention away from the crappy plane that you were on. No, the plane. Oh, we were don't on worry. Was like, no, we're getting we're getting new ones. We're getting new no. This ones. one we were on was two months old. Uh, it was brand oh, new. Oh wow, it was but, fresh. Um, yeah, but no, they were doing it to get you to try and get their credit card. Ah uh, um, yes. So, but anyways, uh, and their whole thing I think is that their plane, they they are better for the earth because they actually use less jet fuel because of their planes on average because of the seats mm. the seats were fine but they're not as bulky. Um, they're lighter and they actually, they do charge you like spirit does for a carry on because they're trying to get people to travel with less stuff, mm. which was fine for us for this weekend. But, uh, all that to say is frontier was fine. All right. Um, but the terminal we went to, it took us two minutes to get through security. I mean, there was no one there. There <laughs> nice. was three people in line. Um, so that was the morning of, so we had a lot of time to kill at the airport. What'd you do? Um, we went, actually went and got breakfast somewhere. I got the worst service in my life. Nice. It took them forever to ever seat us or get us anything. We just wanted coffee, basically, because um, I learned. I learned my lesson. I was not going to drink no plain, stinky yeah. coffee. Good. Um, and then we flew straight direct flight to Raleigh, Raleigh-Durham Airport, which mm-hmm. is gorgeous. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, my goodness. It was beautiful. We stepped out of the plane into the terminal. I was like, this is yeah, I don't know. It looks like a ski lodge the way it yeah. looks inside. It's incredible. Like the, um, they like, it doesn't have like the big like wooden beams and like really yep. tall ceilings. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that one a lot. Like, it must be very very new. Um, or they redid the inside recently. But so we landed there, and actually our Airbnb was ten minutes from there, so it was it was very convenient. And our friends nice. picked us up. Oh, perfect. Um, so yeah, the weekend was just designed to us to all hang out. Um, we hadn't really seen each other for a long time since December of last year for Haley's birthday. So we all just uh. Didn't really have any plans. Um, we did Raleigh because we had friends that were in North Carolina, and we wanted to do something that was. So uh, I asked you before: warmer. Do you were you at, which of the two cities were you in? Those are actually two separate cities. Uh, we went. Well, we were actually closer to 
Well, close well, I saw Durham, a picture of you in the Durham Hotel, which I have stayed at, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So we stayed. We were kind of like right in between the two, which was because okay. the airport is kind of between them as well. Yeah. Um, so we went to Durham on Saturday and then Raleigh. We went out Saturday night, um, like late, like downtown. And then on Sunday, we also went to Raleigh just to kind of hang out in the city during the day. Cool. Um, so we saw them both. Um, what you, would you think? Both of them are really cool, actually. Uh, yeah. We were very impressed with. Honestly, I was impressed with both downtowns. Um, plenty of stuff to do in both of them. The the bar and restaurant scene at both was pretty incredible. We kind of yeah. did like a, a little little brewery slash restaurant hopping There's in Durham. There's a lot of good food in, in that area and, and like craft beer and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're both pretty industrial cities or were at one point. So there's a lot of old um, tobacco mills and stuff that are converted into yep. to breweries and apartments. Um, yeah, just a really cool feel to both the cities. Obviously, Raleigh's bigger. I mean, you've been to both of them. But... I've actually, no, I've only been to Durham. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, we did go to the rooftop bar, the Durham Hotel, which was pretty cool. Nice. I don't know if you went up there at all when you stayed there. I, I did not. I My trip to, to that hotel was arriving at like midnight uh, having an all-day workshop from the morning until the the evening and then leaving from the workshop to go back to the airport. So okay. I was literally there for <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it we were, nice. <laughs> no, we were we were all really impressed. It was actually – it was a great time. And um, we went to – Friday night we did one of those like top golf things. Oh, yeah? Nice. Um, a, new, a new one just opened up there called Drive Shack. Um, and it was it was fun actually. I haven't golfed in forever. I'm saying, actually can, still can you sore. Actually hit, uh, can you actually hit a golf ball? Uh, I can. I made. I made some some decent contact, but right. um, the hitting straight is a is a real challenge. Um, so I I've got the I've got a, a real nice uh, slice down. Nice. So I think golfers use that strategically. So if yeah. I could just play everything as a slice, I'd be pretty good. Yep. But um, that was fun. Uh, other than that, I can't really. Uh, How was your flight I, home? It was good. Frontier again. Um, What'd you get on the plane? You get a snack? No, I didn't. They. Their snack game was lacking. It's also only an hour and a half flight. Um, so nothing to drink either. Just drank water. What, airplane water? I guess it comes from a bottle. That's fine. no. It that's came fine. from a bottle. Yeah, no. That's he fine. didn't just, just go scoop it. I'm just messing with you. He didn't scoop it from no tank. I'm like the. Um, <laughs> but I did. You know what? I peed on my first airplane. Tell um, me all about it. Do you? <laughs> it was, did you was, have the same feelings that I described? Yeah, I did a little bit, especially because like we hit like not like turbulence, but we moved a little bit while I was yeah. in there, and it was just like whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. Man, it's, um, it messes up my brain to just think about like what I would look like if the plane was invisible. <laughs> what I would look like flying through the air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I only I really only did it because I had no one. I was really close to the front of the plane. This was the first time I'd ever flown like in the first ten rows. Um, so I was really close to the bathroom. And there was no one next to me in the aisle seat. There was a three rows. It was Haley, me, and then no one, which was pretty sweet because the plane nice. was packed. Um, so I was like, I'm going to do Wait, it. Wait, like, Haley, you, and then no one. You didn't scooch over and, and give yourself a middle seat there with nobody in it? No, she likes laying, she likes laying her head on shoulders. And oh, I like peeking out, my God. And I, like peeking, and I like peeking out the window. All right. <laughs> I do. I'm a child. I told you. I like lean over and look out the window the entire time. Yeah. Um, you but no, that flight was, out the window? Um, actually, we did because we took off. And like it was pretty heavy fog down near the ground, so it was like two layers of clouds, which was pretty cool. Neat. Um, and I don't call like that the, a cloud sandwich. Is that what this? Is that, that scientific? That's what I just came up with right now. <laughs> uh, I didn't really like how the Frontier guys crack jokes. That's like their funny thing. Oh, they're trying know? to be like Southwest. I haven't flown Frontier enough to really know what they're like. They're trying to be your I friend. Think, I think this might have just been the guy we had. I don't know mm. if it's a it's a mandate because the way out they didn't really do it much. But this guy was like. 
it was like I was telling Haley, there's people who stand up comedians who do their their comedy on cruises. I think this guy was trying to start on planes. Mm-hmm. He was starting his comedy career, and I like I, I giggled a little bit, but I think it's more of just the situation you're in, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> he was like worried doing, like if you don't, they may like throw you out or something. Or more just like I mean, if it was a comedy happening at a club, I don't think his first off his topical humor would have been way off, and it just wasn't as funny. But um, it was it was fine. The flight okay. there, and then actually the airport was pretty crazy in the morning. Um, but I don't like how every airport's different too in terms of what they want you to do in the, the security line. <laughs> They're not different. No, they do. No, this one I, we got we went through uh, security and stuff, and we got up there and like, no, don't take your shoes off, don't take your toiletries out of your bag, just throw it all up there. Huh. And I was like, oh, and it wasn't TSA pre-check. This was just huh. everyone going through this all area. Right. I thought they were trying to compensate for the the rush for that day. Sometimes they crazy. have new machines that you can do stuff like that. And yeah, I guess that is different from airport to airport all right yeah but that was so that was that's like i mean it wasn't that big of a deal um they did the thing where they have you walk like three people in a row like on those lines so that, have you seen that what we're like so they so like through the tsa line there's one point where it gets really wide and there's three colored lines on the ground and they tell you to stand on one and three you and like you know if there's three lines you're in the middle there's one person next to you the person on the other side and you're all they tell you to go and you all walk together for like 20 feet or so and there's a, a dog sniffing it's kind of like walking that area oh no i've never and seen that so it's easier for the dog if we all like walk like shoulder to shoulder essentially and they kind of like pace you out like you every, go through you know, like a dog gauntlet basically a dog it was one dog it would have been oh. sweet if it was a bunch of dogs okay um but it was a dog gauntlet and yeah that was that was the thing they did i've wow. never i'd never seen that before either but next time you fly into raleigh durham keep it keep your eye i think that might dog. only be for you plebes in the regular section us uh us pre-check folk you know we just get like a uh a nod and a wave, and we're on our way. Yeah, the dog salutes you. Yeah, <laughs> no, they have dogs, but they're not dog. They're not drug sniffing dogs. They're just for us to pet. Okay. Yeah, these dogs <laughs> had little badges that said "Do not pet me." That must um, be tough. <laughs> but yeah, no, good good experience. Right. We got back yesterday. Um, had a little bit of a, a half day to recover. Cool. Um, yeah. Cool beans. I think I'm, I think my travels are done until I, I see you in October. Oh yeah, we got brothers trip. Brothers tripping. But I think that's right. it. Cool. Good Time show. for an ad break, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. My... What do you got to advertise this week? What do I have to advertise? I got I... no products in front of me right now. I got a. Uh, I got here is a. Uh, I got a plate with uh, some peanut butter scraps on it. Peanut butter no, is that a product? Because I had peanut butter with uh, with apples, so I'm here to tell you to that peanut butter is good and that apples are good and that if you put them together, they're even better. That was paid for by who? What council? That was B- this Big was Apple? For, no, it was actually plates. <laughs> Big plate made for that. I don't know if I did it right. Uh, Emily did actually Venmo me $20 for an ad, but I told her I am uncomfortable speaking about her as if she were a product and that yeah, she needs weird. to write some copy for me to read verbatim on the air. So we'll have to do that in a future episode. I think her brother could probably hook her up with some pretty good That's copy. That's true. He is does that for a living. So maybe, uh, Emily, if you're listening to this, uh, which I know you are because you're our, maybe our biggest fan, uh, get a, get AJ on this. All right. Well, yeah, I've got nothing to, nothing to sell over here. Wow. Can't, I can't be bought, Sam. You, you literally couldn't find any item like within eyesight that you could just riff on. We got to yeah, take sure. these no, improv classes. No, no. I got this right in front of me. It's a, it's a Gibbet Hill Farm sliced up watermelon. Great. Uh, it's it's sweet, full of seeds, um, grown for, grown by some incredibly wonderful and beautiful human beings. Um, 
that's kind of weird if my <laughs> coworkers listen to this. That was directed at myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, you actually think they're shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, makes a great snack for when you're stuck in traffic uh, on 495. Wait, who? Hmm. Question. Did you like yeah. cut it up into cubes or something? Or were you like eating a big old like piece of watermelon while driving your truck? Well, Sam, you told me I had a farmer persona to keep up. So I, yeah, I no kidding. Wearing a straw hat and had some jute hanging out of your mouth while you're doing this? Spitting yeah, seeds out a, the window? I held one wedge, a quarter of a melon in my hand, and just made a mess of it. No, I cut it into cubes. Um, and you ate and it daintily it with a fork? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, All that's right. exactly what I did. All right. But let's, uh, let's tackle a real topic this week. A real topic. Would you have one for us? I do. We have one. All right. What is it? I think um, we're going to have, well, we'll each do this, but well, unless you want to describe your ideal farm, Sam, <laughs> Maybe I do, um, I'm going to, I want to hear what your, uh, ideal consulting firm would be. Um, at the Bad. same time, I will talk a bit about what maybe my ideal farm or future in farming uh, would look like because we'll see as soon as I start talking about this, that I, my, it's easy for your head to get all over the place when you start thinking about it. Right. Um, but yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's talk about our ideal farm. I'm, I'm gonna. To, uh, I'm gonna interrogate you. That's totally fine. You can. Right. I have. A, I have some notes in front of me, but you can just go ahead and just go ahead and All right. rip in. Apparently, number one. Do mm-hmm. you have a name for it yet? Not one that I'm 100 percent confident. It depends a little bit on where I am. If there's a location name that. Do you have a naming think? philosophy? I don't actually. I don't think it needs to be. Don't you think you need one? Yes, I need I need a name. No, <laughs> don't you need a name. naming philosophy? I need a naming philosophy. Yeah. Um. Oh, and do you have any ideas? What do you What do you mean? Do I need a name? I, don't need a I name mean, philosophy. I feel like you should have a point of view about how to come up with a good farm name. Um. Let's see. Right, no, let's just I don't. do it right now. Here's our new. Our rest of our episodes just come up with a good farm name for you. Our family's done this game before, Sam. I know we've literally uh, talked about this in our first episode. All right, we'll come back yeah. to this. Maybe we'll by talking about some of these other things, our name will emerge. Well, okay, yeah. I think we're gonna quickly find out that it's still a very um, constantly evolving idea, but okay, we'll get... great. Um, All right, so where ahead. where would your farm be? Well, don't, I don't have a strict place that it needs to exist. Oh my god, um, you do, do you well, understand the prompt? Hey, Sam. <laughs> Ideal hey, Sam. farm. Ideal. Pick something, man. Like the best place in the world. The best place in the world. For like, wherever um, you want to live and, and live and work and stuff. Gosh, I don't like this because I'm trying to be. I was over here trying to be realistic about where I imagine my farm, you know, or where my farm could be. But you Max, want me to... in fantasy land? You don't need <laughs> reality. That's the whole point. Just like I if, I, if I gave you a thousand million dollars and said, "Go start your ideal farm," where would you want to put it? Probably gotta be like Switzerland or something, really. Do they even I'm have getting... farms in Switzerland? Like, it's only have mountains. You got mountain farms oh, yeah. there. Uh, they don't eat there, Sam. Hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I do. I'm very actually interested in farming in another country at some point, or seeing farms in another country. But you don't speak um, their language. You don't. You won't be able to tell which 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 stuff is in the ground. Yeah, it's tough because I wish you know English was a more universal language at times. Hmm. Um, you all know, right, so but... all right, so this is gonna be if a, a Swiss farm, fine. Uh, what would you grow? Um, it's going to be a vegetable farm. I'm okay. not going to be – I don't want to have really have, a, have an orchard or anything. Um, I guess that I'm, was like a fruit s- farm, but yeah, okay. Not at, not at scale. You know, I think my ideal farm is going to be like um, 
three acres of like vegetables or so in production, like that scale, it's not going to be a, a giant 40 acre, like vegetable wholesale farm okay, but because even three, three acres is three times the size of the one you're on right now. Right. It is, it is, right. but this one's been getting established and is kind of working through, you know, I think once you get your system in place and things like that, um, I mean, you also didn't say that like, you know, I, there will potentially be people working with me sure. and things like that too. I've got but, future um, questions about that. I know, but um, I think I want to keep growing in the in the style that I've been doing here um, of the so farms no I've worked on. Yeah, a no-till system, at least um, for the majority of the vegetable production being no-till. Um, I think, I don't know, I haven't, this is the problem with, uh, I know it's supposed to be ideal farm, but I haven't gotten to experience a lot of farms that do um, like, you know, uh, high density orchards, like in a smaller space, those, those exist or people that are doing really cool things with, you know, like small scale livestock. Um, those are definitely like, Oh yeah. Would you have any I livestock? Think, I think I would. Okay. Um, I would, I would like to probably have chickens and pigs, okay. uh, would be like the, the, the two main ones. But I think if I was doing that, it would be the, their meat and the things that they're producing are more for me than for profit. Chickens um, for the eggs or chickens for the meat? Um, potentially a little bit for both, but I'm more yeah, if, they, if they get a little uppity and get a little, if you get someone with a bad attitude, that becomes a meat chicken. Yep. It's, it's, a, it's an ever evolving. It just depends on how I'm feeling. And the but pigs no, for I, their, for their meat or for their milk? <laughs> well, yeah, I think actually that's my ideal farm. Sam, it's going to be a pig milk farm. <laughs> I feel like that's an untouched Is that, market. huh? I mean, why haven't I ever heard of pig milk before? Obviously they're yeah. mammals. Yeah. I, you know what? Maybe it's because it's really hard to milk them. Why is this so hard? Because they're so low to the ground. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, know, you get up on those rolly on things. You get know, one of those rolly things that you get under a car. You know, you lay yeah. down on one of those on your back. You just <laughs> do that. Uh, and you just roll under the pig. Huh? Yeah, I, I wonder think. why pig milk is not a thing that we generally think about in the I, United I, States. You know what? We'll call it homework, and I'll work. I'll work yeah, on that. Find out. Find out. And again, maybe this is a thing you guys could do at your farm. Oh, you know what? It could be. I, I, right now, the pigs aren't really big on just walking up to us like the sheep were. Um, Dude, I bet you with the right marketing, I bet you pig milk could become like the new hipster cool drink. (laughs) It needs a name change for sure. (laughs) I don't know. Pig milk uh, has a good like it has a good mouthfeel. Does it? Product. (laughs) We don't know that. (laughs) I mean, Um, I'm assuming. All right. Well, this is this topic is is more difficult for me because I've never actually come up with like a, a fantasy ideal farm. I'm always thinking because when you always think of business plans or like you know future Fine. plans, we could bring imagining. some reality into it. Whatever whatever notes you got there in front of you. So it's going to be vegetables. Is, you mm-hmm. have uh, do you care which sorts of vegetables? Do you want to focus on one thing over another? What, what bring me into that a little bit? I mean, I think it, where my mind's at with the three acres, it would be where you're prioritizing things that work in an intensive system in the sense where you know you're not planting something and getting a really low return on it so for example yeah like give me examples um things that if you're doing a market garden you shouldn't necessarily grow um if you're trying to make a good profit off your farm it'd be like green beans Um, really i feel like green beans like there's when you grow them there's like a crap ton hanging off those plants they are very prolific but um i don't know if you've ever picked green beans it's it's very hard to be super efficient about it two in my life wait what's so hard about it well, they don't yield up to a weight very fast um, in terms of – and then for how much you sell and how much people are willing to pay for green beans does not offset the amount of time you spend picking them huh. no matter what. Um, 
there are some ways around it. You can grow trellised ones, kind of like you're growing them in like a, a hoop right. house or something where right. they're easier to pick, but it's still for the money. They almost never, um, are worth it. Um, I learned so, something new today. Yeah. And there's, there's other what things about like peas? That. They're in a similar vein. You can charge more for them because people are a little bit more interested in buying them because Which I think in reality, people peas have a, are the worst. Which is interesting to me because I think, I mean, the ones we grew here this year kind of changed my mind on that, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. Well, we were growing, you're thinking of peas, the little balls, right? Yeah. We grew like a, the sweet peas where you ate the whole pod usually, you know? Uh, like, a, like a sugar snap pea? Yeah, like a sugar yeah, those snap. Those are good. Um, but um, green beans, people have a pretty bad, <laughs> I, don't I think, like, green beans. So, like a, a connotation with them because a lot of people got them from a can when they were just yeah. like, that's how you ate them growing up. And that's not necessarily what they're going to taste like. The only way them. to cook green beans that's worth anything, you know what I'm about to say, grandma style, say. Yep. with a crap ton of bacon uh, salt. For, and salt for a long-ass time, yeah. that's good green beans. Those are, those are good, good green beans. They're really just a vessel for the salty meat juice. <laughs> yeah, you know, salty meat juice with some greens in there, yep. Um. So I would prioritize like things that are that are high profit makers, which is a lot of stuff. I mean, there's still plenty of things you can grow. Most of the stuff we're growing at this farm, you know, where they chose it for a reason. Um, but things like sweet potatoes can be, you know, not worth it. Potatoes can be not worth it um, because they're long season crops that, again, people don't necessarily want to pay a lot of money for. Um, that being said, I think if on my own farm, I would set aside a part of the farm to grow those things, whether it be for just for myself or if I could find a way to do um, maybe not necessarily no-till but a minimal till system where you are still doing your best to build up you know and take care of the soil but maybe you do use some form of tractor implement to either establish the you know keep the beds going because they can be super tiny like we talked about hilling potatoes earlier Mm -hmm. this year I wouldn't want to hill necessarily you know six rows that are like 200 feet long um, but maybe that's the amount you need to grow to kind of make a profit so um, there's a lot of crops that kind of fall under that list, but right. um, yeah, most of the, most most of the veggies that that we've we've talked about, I'd probably be growing. And All I right. do actually, my experience with fruit at this farm makes me think that I do want to have fruit trees on the property. What kind? Um, probably apples and peaches, and then our blueberries not worth it. But um, what about strawberries? I I they're I the best be, fruit. They are the best fruit. Um, they hurt your back so much. Well, that's why you're gonna uh, hire people to, to, to. This is your ideal farm, man. You don't have back pain on your ideal farm. <laughs> My ideal farm, Sam, is where we're living off some other money from something else. <laughs> Hobby farm where I'm homesteading, yeah. um, and don't have to worry about making money. That would solve all of this. That farm could be anywhere. Homesteading yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, that's it the true be, ideal it farm. Be a, it could no... be a 100% pig milk farm. <laughs> that's the dream. Yeah, that is um, the dream. <laughs> just exotic just, milks. You just have various animals that you milk, and then that's your farm. Have you ever milked an animal? I have not. I'm going to keep it that way. I actually, I haven't yet. Have, have, you yeah, haven't I haven't or either, have it? But I mean, I have it has not. nipples. You should be able to, to milk it. I just, it doesn't seem like it's a, a fun process. It's not like about farming, and you know, you, you'd think you'd build your ideal farm around the thing you like doing the most. <laughs> Touching. <laughs> Utter is probably my favorite thing to do. All right, that's fair. That's fair. You took you took my prompt and you turned it back on me. I did. Uh, all right, so we've got a Swiss vegetable farm growing a bunch or three three acres, no till, uh, growing a bunch of profitable vegetables, maybe some fruits, no pig milk as of right now. Who uh, who are your customers going to be? Who are you selling to? You are you doing like a farmers market? You got your own like storefront restaurants? Like what's going on? 
Um, well, I mean, okay, ideal. I don't know. I don't know the Swiss town that I'm in, but let's assume okay. that there's enough people in the town itself. I would like to do. Uh, I've talked crap about CSAs before. I don't mind a CSA. I would. I think it'd be cool to do one that's that's small and people come to the farm to get their stuff. Yeah. Um, our farm line did a lot of deliveries of our CSA product. Which While we're just, talking about uh, CSAs and, and ideal farms, maybe there's an interview process where people have to convince you that they're good for your CSA. Okay. Yeah. After after our tell yeah. me why I should hire you to be on my why should you should pay me yeah. to be on my CSA. Yeah. Um. So maybe I would do a small CSA that picks up at the farm or a on farm store or stand. Um. My my main interest recently has been very into um. Grocery stores that are that are focusing on selling like local farms mm-hmm. necessarily like specialty. There's specialty grocery stores that exist out there that are. Um, very unattainable for the average person to shop at because they're they do have good produce and they have some local farms and things like that. But they're they're just there's one right around here that's beautiful, but it's the average person would never go shopping there. Do you want to go um, open your own grocery store? It's a real possibility, or whether or not it runs in line with maybe. I have one of the notes on my thing here is like I, I wrote down an ideal farm. And I have about six different mar- uh, models that it could be, and one of them is grocery store paired with um, a farm that I'm growing stuff on, but I, the store wouldn't only sell my stuff. It would be a right. thing where well, I'm sourcing from like other farmers. Mayonnaise and stuff. That is true. Um, I just feel like there was a couple of models like that in Michigan that were working fairly well, and that's kind of what the All right. um, what things used to be like, and it's one of the ways that I've read that I think is a good way to combat a lot of the, um, not necessarily having to buy organic, but buying local is usually the way to kind of offset right. some of the terrible things that are going on in the, the world of agriculture. So All right. um, it's hard to say. I, I Actually, my plan for the winter that this will come up in future episodes is to to learn a bit more about um, that world of, of small grocery stores slash um, wholesalers and things like that. But All right, so. cool. That sounds cool. I'd shop there. Cool. As long as you had, you know, a good freezer pig section milk. with like frozen pizzas and pig milk. Pig milk ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Pig milk ice cream. Oh, but that's rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's your role going to be like? Are you going to be like the boss man who kind of sits in his uh, his nice office and tells people what to do? Are you going to be out in the fields uh, milking the pigs? What's what's the plan? Um, my yeah, my role would be to just be on. I think because another question is, that, you know, who would you hire and things like that? Yeah. But um. I would want it to be a small crew where it's me and like one or two other people. Um, I'm I want to be out there doing it. That's my favorite part of farming is the farming. It's not the man. It's not the the business side of things and managing and uh-huh. um, not that I don't love sitting on a porch in a rocking chair just drinking some lemonade. Um, but yeah, I think I'm not sure get... what what sort of managing that is. No, but that was I'm not, the, I'm not sure what idea. Act, productive role that is filling. Just over just overseeing <laughs> being overseer. Like, that's like being like a mascot. Yeah. But um, no, my, my, my role would still always be in the farm um, or on the farm farming. But then if there's a grocery store component to be either, you know, I would ideally have somebody who's who knows more about that world, maybe actually managing the store itself. But um, in that department, I would be more interested in, in um, like the sourcing and where you're getting your other visiting other farms to try and get people on board with what I'm doing. Um, because that's something like procurement, I guess, is the, the real term for that. But right, that's kind of where very important yeah, question. No, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying. But that's in, in, t- in terms of the grocery store, that's what I would like to do. Okay. 
Very important question. In this fantasy, you have to hire each of your brothers. A, what order are you hiring them in? And B, what are their jobs? Yeah, sure. You want to hear this? <laughs> yeah, come on. It's me and you. Um, it's me and you and then our brothers who listen. Well, some of them. <laughs> We know we know our listenership is family based. I guess we're really turning this towards the family. Well, um, you know, what? I'm just I'm, I'm curious. People want to know. Uh, of my brothers, I'm definitely I'm gonna have to hire Nate first. Come on, uh, man! I know you want to get in on the management level and the really designing the layout of this thing, but um, don't, you don't know that. I want to be I want to be uh, you know shucking the, the cucumbers <laughs> and uh and 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 throwing around the the wheat chaff. Yeah, well, good for you. Our farm will have plenty of we'll do a lot of wheat chaff and. and uh, cucumber shucking, um, but Nate would yeah. I'd hire Nate first. Can yeah, me that's, that's obvious. That's obviously the right answer. Yeah, there's gonna be some infrastructure build, but the next three, you know, that's about. That's yeah, this, this is where right it gets there. interesting. Come on, man. I think you would probably be next. What am I gonna do? Um, I'm gonna have you. You you would this is be fun for you, Sam. You would you would consult me on the the actual design of the business side of things okay. because you've interacted with plenty of corporations. You know sure. a lot more about that. Sure. I'm sure. Yep. Um, and then. Oh, my dog is awake. Uh-oh. I hope he sleeps. Um, <laughs> this is like they're like being a bear in the forest nearby. Um, and then between Louie and Joey. I mean, let's be let's just let's just be very honest here. They're both useless, but you got you got to pick got to pick one to go first. Flip a coin. Right. Uh, well, yeah, the thing is, I'm hiring I'm hiring all of you guys, right? So you yeah. matter what, you're gonna be part of the squad. Yeah. Um. So they order the next two dozen. Let, let's say let's say you hire Joey and Louie at the same time. What are they doing for you? They're just part of the crew. <laughs> All right. Working. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's, what's Joey's genuine uh, mechanical experience like, you think? It doesn't matter. This farm has no tractors. So. <laughs> yeah, Joey's kind of screwed. No vehicles for the for the car guy. Yeah. And we'll Can we call really Joey calling him a car guy? No, come on. Okay. That term doesn't apply. Um, yeah. I think, you know what? That could be my crew. It says, you know, who do you want to hire? You guys want to all move to Switzerland uh, and be yeah. a part of my ideal farm here. We can make it work. Yeah. Bring mom and dad out there. Some sort of weird, like, family commune. Yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> All right, so Joey and Louie will be, just be on the crew. Yeah, I have seen both start. of them do outside tasks, and that's not a that's not an auspicious start to your crew. That is very true. I'll, All right. I'll, I'll whip them into shape, though, Sam. Okay, yeah. I mean, you're the big boss guy, and we're we relying on you for our living. So, yep, exactly. Cool. But, um, so uh, any, what any else about questions? no? Like, what what did I not ask you about? What do you want to tell me about your ideal farm that I didn't ask you about? Hmm. I'm trying to imagine what else be. I think a oh, thing that's actually have bees. Bees. Yeah, I would. I would keep bees can on I, property. Can I? Can part of my job be also taking care of the bees? Yeah, I'm kind of afraid be of them. I want to get past that fear. Oh yeah, we can work on that. All right. Um, you can be a beekeeper. Cool. But I think a, a a thing that I'm interested in, in terms of my my future farm is um something that bothered me about the farm I was at last year was it was a plot of land, um, barely any trees on it, just kind of, you know, what you'd see driving down the, the road where you see a, a farm and it's just all plants, you know, there's no, nothing else going on on the property. Oh yeah, um, I have a good question for you. Yes, carry on with um, that. Well, this might answer your question. I would want to live on my farm. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Because for me, the two go hand in hand together. Um, I mean, the, 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 the stupid phrase that people always use that farming is not necessarily just like, you know, a, a career because the way, way the life. yeah and it's it is like a lifestyle because it's not you know no one gets into it for the money so you're doing it because there's something else you like about it um so i would want to live on my farm and you're at the same time you want to grow food with your brothers exactly um would we all and, live on the farm too 
honestly, yeah, sure, why not? If the property, if the the property had the size for it, I actually do really like the idea of um, if there's other people working on the property who you who are either bought into the business or what you're doing and are not just crew members, you know, that right. that it would also live on the property because um, that my favorite way to farm is that it's very it flows and ebbs and flows in the terms of you know in the middle of summer and it's 98 degrees at three o'clock maybe you shouldn't be farming at three o'clock right um you know maybe that's when you take a break and you go back out there and the farm in ann arbor was like that a little bit because they lived on the farm and they understood that not you know you can't be there's better times to do things um and that's kind of how i would like things to work uh for me in the future too good but um and then the other thing is i am very interested in like i was bringing up we mentioned livestock and fruit and vegetables um i want the property to not you know to have some well plenty of space that's not being used for production you know there's forest there's ideally some form of water on the property A, Um, a, a babbling brook maybe a babbling brook or you know something something there that makes it more than just um, the farm yeah. because that then, then living on your farm and having it just be a plot of land that you're, everything is being grown on at that point, it's much harder to find the separation of work and home. But if the property is more recreational in spots, then that, you know, makes it a little bit easier. I think you should have um, a restaurant on the plot of land. And I think Louie could um, potentially help run your restaurant. Well, that's, I mean, okay. So here's, I'll break down before we figure out the ideal, like, you know, my ideal farm, I was writing down different farms that I've considered before. Uh-huh. Um, one of them was a farm that grows strictly for um, a restaurant, you know, yeah. so a, a Blue Hill style thing where you're producing just for this one restaurant. Um, I actually have a friend who's a chef who's very into farm to table. And that's why that idea still kind of always has some merit to me. Oh, yes. my dog is crawling. Um, she's, she's losing her mind on the couch right now. But um, so that is one that is still always a little bit there. Um the other one that I've written down before was like I was talking about the grocery store and cafe style like um, on the property. Um, yeah. I love coffee shops. I love having that space for people. And I think that um, on a farm that makes for a good kind of, you know, location for one, um, at least yep. for the way that I enjoy coffee shops, which is the the area you're actually sitting and, you know, the, the vibe that is that is set out by you that. You should have a coffee roaster on site too and I'll do that. Okay. I'll do the there bees and the, and the coffee roasting. And um, the the business. Okay. All right. We got this all figured out then. We and then it. another one um, was like literally what I wrote down was just for me slash like homesteading. Like, you know, right. I'm growing and maybe I'm selling some stuff to like, you know, help supplement the income for the, the household. But everything mm-hmm. else is essentially just going on. Stuff that um, you're going to eat. Yep. And work on, you know, preserving and putting stuff up and, and, yep. and that kind of being the goal. I think that could potentially wear on me a little bit when at the thought that you're not – part of the things I like about farming is that you're growing stuff for other people and yeah. you're providing for other people. And I think you know when it's just for you, you start to lose a little bit of that. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And then – yeah, the only other one that I kind of altered to was maybe like farm part-time run a grocery store or something or a wholesale, like a small-scale wholesaler or something yeah. like that, um, kind of hand-in-hand. Hand. So the farm would probably fall behind a little bit and not be as important right. as running the business, but – Still something that, you know, I'd, or I'd you would have to like delegate it to like other people while your yeah. attention was somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's, I mean, so the, the thing with me is the problem is there's so many different models for, for farms. Um, yeah. and I've experienced such a tiny, you know, little portion of it. Um, and every time I experience a new one, I think like, you know, uh, wow, I really liked that. I really like something, or this aspect they're doing or that aspect. Yeah. So 
Um, and being only 23 and my ideal farm probably being a little ways away still. <laughs> sure. Um, it, it, if you ask me in six months, I will probably have a, um, a different vision for what I think the future. Um, well, maybe I will ask you in six months. I, mean, I think you probably should because it's probably good for people to keep checking in with me and see that's right. <laughs> what has my attention in terms of farming these days. But um, all right, yeah, that's and cool. I, that's the other thing. I, it's, uh, I easier to identify what you don't want it to be. And a couple of things I wrote down was just like commercial in the sense that it's large and yeah. tractor based. Yeah. I don't want a volunteer based system. There's some really cool farms around here that rely heavily on volunteers, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. And they're really good nonprofits, and it works really well for them. I don't want to manage all those volunteers. Right. Um. And then the last one was like wholesale, which just goes along with commercial where yeah. um, you have very little interaction with your customer. Right. But uh, I guess that's, I mean, there's probably a, lots of stuff we're missing about the ideal farm, but we don't no, know. No, I think we hit all the important things. And... <laughs> I think we did it. Yeah. Except for all the right. name. We didn't really land on a name. I know, but I think. Sperlin you know, Acres. Okay. Mm, well, it depends if it has like a restaurant and stuff on the property too, you know, then you have to do some little brand integration. And that's where Land of Spurlins. Land of That sounds a little a little culty. Uh Spurlinland. <laughs> that would not word amusement park. <laughs> Spurlinia. <laughs> Listen, uh, we'll come back to it. All right. Cool. Uh we forgot to do a check-in round. Do you want to close with a check-in round? Do you not want to talk a little bit anything about consulting? No, no, not today. We'll save that for another time. Um, Plus, I've literally written an article about it, which people can find on the internet, but I'll, we'll know, talk about it some other time. It does say that article is from 2015, Sam. Things change. True. Things do change a little bit, and I have actually updated it uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Well, but we'll, right. we'll save it for next week, maybe. All right. I'll do a check in here. Right, um, we'll you go got out one? We'll go out. Yeah, we'll go out on one. Um, since right. we were talking about my uh, aspirational farm in Switzerland. Where's your, where's a place you would love to travel to? Um, any, any location. Anywhere. I would yeah. love to travel to anywhere I have not yet been. Of oh, which, on. one of those places would be... You're uh, upsetting my dog. I want to go, I want to go to Australia. Want to go to Australia? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that can bite you and then sting you there. Well, I don't want to stay in Australia. You you trying to go to Adelaide, Sam? You're trying to see the black yeah, stump? Yeah, go see the black stump. Go go. I'll go to all the you know big Australian places I can name: Melbourne, Sydney, <laughs> Perth. That's all of them, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's every. I think that's every city. Yeah. All right. What um, about you? Probably probably Sweden or Norway. Yeah. Um, have you ever been to either, any of the Scandinavian countries? Nope. I've been to Czech Republic. And okay. I've been to Germany. Gotcha. Well. Boca is our alarm for this That's episode. Right. That's how we're end. done. <laughs> Hi, Boca. But, uh, yeah, she's, All right. she's well, staring intently you. at the door handle. Pat your dog on the head for me. I will. I'll, right. I'll, I'll give her pets. All right. Talk to you next week. See you, man. <laughs> Later.